0: Welcome to another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark, where we are constantly and forever on a quest to find Curly's Gold. My name is Jay.
1: I am Leslie. You know, that's like the second time you've mentioned Curly's Gold on the podcast.
0: I'm pretty sure it's like the sixth or seventh, but you know, who's counting?
1: Is that like your go-to movie when you just are having a stressful day? You're like, you know what, I just need a little bit... A Billy I Crystal. i Slickers in my life. Not even the first City Slickers. The second yeah, the, one. The second one. I like the first one better, I think. Uh,
0: we got to be hating on Curly's Gold for. Oh, and it's not that's, that- that's, why we, that's why we started this podcast, Leslie. You remember, you came to me specifically and you said, Jay, we need to start this podcast so we could generate funds to go on an expedition to find Curly's Gold. You told me this.
1: Oh, I thought I told you that we're going to start a Curly's Gold podcast and just talk about, like, every minute of that film.
0: What's the difference?
1: <laughs> well, how are you doing this week?
0: Yeah, you, know, you know, it's another week. I know this is going to be a backlog episode, but we're on the cusp of halloween which is like in what two days
1: yeah and i think when our listeners get this it'll probably be thanksgiving we're in a time loop but i'm we talked about this tonight and off off air but i have to do a bat log if not life gets too crazy and i really get i really feel bad if we don't have something for the listeners like even during covid i used up the bat log to put out once a month when we couldn't when we were still figuring this out So I know, I hope people aren't annoyed with it. I just, I think I really want to try to go as long as possible before we take a break. So yes, it is kind of weird to be talking about, you know, not really talking about about Halloween. Talking
0: about Halloween in August and Christmas in October and, you know, Valentine's Day in December.
1: (laughs) Well, you did say we're like the stores, so maybe we are. Actually, I wanted to tell you. I went I know I sent you the text about it but I went to four listeners and I know um, it's way past it so now you can't go see this so that's probably annoying but there was someone in, in California a couple who in atwater who did a who made a almost like not storefront what's that called like a, a false front of the Mike Myers house and they put it in front of their garage and they did this whole shadow play and it was only nine nine ten minutes long. But they did, they cut out, not scenes, but like uh, voices from the movie. So, for example, like the first like 10 minutes of the movie, Halloween. And they condensed it and you saw it like in shadows. Like someone putting, like a little kid putting a mask on and him having a knife. And then it just lined up with the dialogue from the movie. It was super cute. I I had a great time going with Chris. We went up to, to go like an impromptu date night we went up there got some food stood in the line not in the car and got up there ate our food and watched this like 10 minute little thing and you listened to the radio like a radio station was playing it it was fun I I was I had a great time huh
0: I said that's pretty awesome
1: yeah I mean it's only going until November 1st but oh it was it was pretty fun and I was even telling Chris I'm like you know I know a lot of people are really disappointed that a lot of their Halloween plans were canceled, but these people had to build this and they started in February and they, they had an idea of doing it as a walkthrough. And when it didn't pan out, they still did it. And man, it just, it was really fun.
0: That's yeah, good. I mean, cause I mean, I, I'm one of those people too, is like, you know, so, I mean, not that I really ever a lot for Halloween because for my particular Interests like there's really just not a whole lot to do, you know. Like, I'm not like a big uh going to the bar, going out to the bars and clubs type person like some people are. And I, you know, none of our friends really put together like any big you know get togethers or Halloween parties or anything like that. So, it, a lot of it just kind of comes down to just uh, well, either uh, it's a work day <laughs> where I'm like, I'm not doing anything anyways because I have to get up to go to work the next morning, or uh, it's on a weekend like this year is, and it's kind of just, oh, I'm just going to stay home and, you know, just watch some scary movies or something like that like I've been watching uh Paranormal Nine One One. I think I told I told you about that. I was,
1: yes, watching that. Yes, and, and I just listened to the episode where I told you I I said the wrong. I said it was like Nine One One something like Ghost Nine One One. Yeah, no, it was Paranormal Nine One One, and I watched the rest of the season too on Amazon. Oh my gosh, so creepy. What did you think?
0: <laughs> oh, I, I'm loving the show. It's it's actually really creepy, but I also watched. uh so I found it on YouTube. I found, um, the Garfield Halloween special <laughs> because, you know, nice. back in the day, Halloween was just awesome and now it sucks. So I was trying to take, well, it, come on. It, if you compare our Halloween to how Halloween is now, there's no comparison. Like, you know, back in the day, we could all go to go trick-or-treating around the neighborhood and stuff like that. And you didn't have to worry about crazy people and you know doing crazy things and stuff like that but
1: well I'm going to stop you right there because some of the most famous legends of like Candyman and all that even the legend of the whole you know poison candy was like in the 70s and 80s and stuff so I mean like that's to date myself I grew up in the 80s and 90s so yeah
0: that part but I mean people weren't people didn't stop doing trick-or-treating because of that. That was just like, okay, you just got to make sure you're checking your kid's candy at the end of the night and make sure they're, they don't have anything weird stuff in there. But they, you know, people like said, like, it's just not safe. People are grabbing, you know, people, I'm not going to go too much because I don't want to get into all that stuff, but you know, it was more of a, uh,
1: not many people are going door to door anymore.
0: Exactly. Yeah. it's because that people were worried about people snatching their kids up and doing stuff like
1: that well I think it's just it's more open like where people can kind of get I don't have kids you don't have kids I know people with kids that they kind of do that oh no Halloween is on like a Monday so Sunday their church will have a Halloween kind of thing or some Shriners will um, have something where you could have a like one year the mall had like the trunk and treat and I guess like it was the stores all had candy so you could take your kids through the stores and I think it's more designed honestly I can't blame people because it's more designed to be like yeah we know Monday sucks so why don't we do this Sunday and then Monday you could have the kids dress up and then do just something fun or do like the hour of trick-or-treating because I don't know about you but I grew up in a small town so we would start as soon as we ate dinner it'd be like 5 30 the sun would barely be like cresting the mountains and my brother and I would be out the door like going to go trick-or-treating and as we got older oh, yeah. we were able to go farther and farther into the town it when we were growing up yeah. it was like the three yeah. three cul-de-sacs by time we were you know the last year when we did it like when we were 12 or 13 it was almost half the town. So we would be out until like 10 o'clock until like we saw no lights and we'd just get bags and bags of candy. So it's one of those things where I think kids want to do it as long as possible. And so now things are set up with, yeah, do let them do it as long as possible. But now you can go in one place and not, you know, all around this big town.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, it's not even just that. I mean, this will be the, this will move on after after I make this last point. <laughs> but um, there's just not as much of a Halloween out there as there used to be. You know what I mean? Like, used to be October rolled around, there was Halloween specials. They, I think, you know, I think that streaming has kind of like done it, had an impact on that because you remember back in the day where the only time you really got to see a scary movie was when they played it on TV home at that time and be able to watch it or a special or something like that. Cause they didn't have DVR or, you know, Hulu or Netflix or anything like that. And I think, I think that's just a lot of it. I think that there's just not as much of a, it, it, it doesn't feel as special in a way like, Oh yeah, you know, you can, like you can still do like the trick or treating and stuff like that, but everything else is basically just gone. That made it really kind of a special kind of a special day for, you know, kids and such.
1: No, I agree with you, and we're, I think you, it's, we should say it, you're talking about pre-COVID, you're not even talking about the whole thing with COVID, it's, it's kind of the pre-COVID no. you're talking about. I understand, I Co- remember-
0: No, I remember. COVID, I understand why we're in, I'm talking about just, yeah, exactly, like, everything since, basically, probably within the last 10, 15 years, yeah. or something like that. So, anyways. All right, so- Okay.
1: Well, we should probably get to it.
0: Yes, So what do you have for us today?
1: Well, my story tonight involves the granddaddy of all urban legends, Phantom Hitchhikers, or also known as the Vanishing Hitchhiker. Yes. Okay. One of the most endearing legends is the Phantom Hitchhiker. The story is so well known from movies, television, books, at least everyone has heard this campfire tell. The story can be found as modern as last year to as ancient as being in the Bible, even before cars, carriages, caravans, and chariots all talked about encountering someone along the road, only to find they weren't really there in the first place. Famous stories and some local legends are all abound from where you live, from where we live, to the ends of the earth. Here's what the legend is, for those who may not have heard of it. According to legend, a weary traveler is driving along late one night on a darkened stretch of road when suddenly appears a person. Feeling charitable, the driver pulls over and lets the hitchhiker in. Sometimes they speak to the driver, asking to be taken to a certain place, or perhaps the driver is the only one speaking. But as soon as it's discovered that the passenger, there's something off about them. Maybe it's what they're wearing, clothes that don't really fit the time. Or maybe they give off a weird glow. Or a coolness suddenly envelops the car. Getting nervous, the driver will turn back to the road, paying attention. Not to them, but to the road. When they finally do get a courage enough to look over, because they can't help themselves, or maybe the quiet has gotten to them, they look over only to see the hitchhiker is gone. That is the main part that all of these legends share, that the hitchhiker is no longer in the car or around. There are variations with the passengers, but the result remains the same. I have a few stories, each in their own way is unique, and some are variations of the same story. For example, in Uniondale in Western Cape Province, South Africa on, and I apologize if I say this wrong, on Barondas Willamore Road, near the town, many report seeing a lone woman standing on the side of the road. Those who give her a lift say she disappears a few kilometers down the road. The woman is believed to be the bride-to-be Marie Charlotte Rue, who died in a car accident on Easter weekend in 1968. This tragic event spawned the stories, beginning as early as 1976. Next, we have to travel to Bedfordshire in the UK, to the village of Stanbridge, where in October of 1979, a 26-year-old man named Roy Fulton stopped to give a lift to a young man on Station Road. Fulton describes the man as dressed in dark trousers and jumper with a white-collared shirt. The man opens the car door and gets in. He doesn't speak. He only points down the road when Fulton asked where he was heading. Fulton drove a few minutes and decided to offer a cigarette to the man, but when he turned, the man was gone. Fulton stopped the car to check to see if he got out, but no one was around. In the US, we have the most famous of Hitchhiker legends of Resurrection Mary. The story is the same with the slight difference that Mary, the young woman dressed in a white dress, holding a clutch purse until I'm sorry, holding a clutch purse with her dancing shoes, asked to be let out at the entrance of a gate down the road. When the driver sees her run off through the gate, he or she follows, only to see that it is the entrance to Resurrection Cemetery. Resurrection Cemetery is in Justice, Illinois. And this Chicago ghost is known so, like the story is so famous, it got featured twice on Unsolved Mysteries. As there were reported sightings of her in 1973, 1976, 1978 1980 and 1989 a famous oh, one... she was busy. oh yeah i know i know she really needed to get home i actually remember when i was watching um, unsolved mysteries as a kid when that one would come on because in unsolved mysteries there's there's a famous well here let me let me say this the most famous encounter it was in 1939 by jerry Pallas, who said he met mary at a dance hall They danced, kissed even, and he gave her a ride home, only to be taken to Resurrection Cemetery, where she walked away and disappeared before his eyes. The next day, he went to Damien Avenue, where many said she lived. Not many, I'm sorry, where Mary said she lived. Can't even read my own handwriting. (laughs) Only to be told by the woman who lived there that there was no one named Mary But when he sees a picture, he's told that that's her daughter and that she's been dead for five years. I remember that episode when I was younger because there's another um, couple who tell the story and it freaked me out. I remember when I was younger, I remember so clearly watching this and being like on the couch with my mom, like covered my face because the couple, they tell the story about how they're driving down Archie Road, which is the cemetery next to the cemetery. And there's another couple in the back seat and they're just having a nice time. And the wife says, I looked out the window. She was in the passenger and she sees a woman walking. And in, in the show, you see the woman from the back and she's wearing this like glowing white dress and she's blonde. And they said, now all they said is she said, I knew it was resurrection Mary in the show. They all turn around when the car passes And the ghost, quote unquote, doesn't have a face. It's just a black void. And that image scared me so much. I remember like, like going under my covers and I think that was to me the longest time that was the scariest Unsolved Mysteries. Like I remember when my friend John said, yeah, I bought the Unsolved Mysteries, the ghost edition where it only showed uh, only the episodes with ghosts. And even though there were some scary ones, that one, even to this day, is not too scary. Still kind of scares me.
0: That's the whole point, though, right?
1: Right. Oh, speaking of Unsolved Mysteries, slight tangent and then I'll get off. But have you seen part two of the new Unsolved Mysteries?
0: I have not.
1: So it's really good. I haven't seen it, but my my mother-in-law told me that she had to um, watch because I heard her watching something funny or not funny, but it was, I forgot what show it was. I think it's called like the Windsors, but some show comedy and it's a, a spoof on the royal family. And I didn't really think that was her cup of tea. And I told her, I was like, oh, why are you watching this? Because it was like 10 o'clock at night. And she's like, you, I had watched Unsolved Mysteries part two with her. And I watched, like, the first two episodes, and I was like, okay, well, I want to go and get ready for bed because I got to work tomorrow. And I guess she just let it play, and I guess the third episode was about ghosts. And I think she got a little nervous because she said she was watching it, and then she's like, I just need to watch something else that's lighthearted.
0: I I hope it's not like how the first part of of the first series was, where it's like, there was only one ghost episode, and then everything else was like just, oh, it's a murder mystery.
1: Actually I think it is. Um I there's a fugitive one which was really, really good. And a woman found It's
0: still like they focused more on those types of stories in this series, that but the old series they had like the monsters and UFOs and things like
1: that. Well, they've had that. They had a UFO, but I digress. I still have a couple more stories, but I just remember Unsolved Mysteries, that episode in particular, really was scary for, for me as as a small Leslie. Uh. Okay, so also in America, and again, I'm, I'm sorry if I uh, pronounce this wrong, in Rehoboth, Massachusetts, there is a warning to not pick up hitchhikers, especially on route... 44, to not pick up a tall six-foot man with a full beard and red hair, usually dressed in plaid and dark trousers. This hitchhiker is rumored to bring bad luck or just be really creepy, it sounds like. One woman was reported that when she stopped, he disappeared before entering the car, and at the same time that he reached for the handle, her car's battery died. The only sound in the silence was laughter. Other locals warn not to even travel down 44 without a full car, as this hitchhiker is known to also appear either in the passenger seat or in the back seat, suddenly and quietly. Once you notice him, though, your radio will start static again, and he'll either continue staring at you and then fade away, or he'll just disappear right away. Either way, when he's gone, your radio will start playing static, and you hear weird laughter within the static.
0: Oh, well, this guy gets a guy likes to have a nice laugh at your expense.
1: Right. So even in our neck of the woods in California, we have Pacheco Pass. Pacheco Pass is how we get to the coast from the valley to the coast, Central Coast. And I didn't know this, but I guess that stretch from like Gilroy and Bath, you know, where like the um what's it called? There is a fruit stand out there. A huge kind of truck stop fruit stand. It's something fruta? Do you remember what it is?
0: I No, it doesn't. I mean, I, I probably know what you're talking about. I don't remember what the name it is though.
1: Okay. I, I Sorry, I forgot. But I guess around there, I never even heard about this until my husband told me about it, until Chris told me about it, and he said that his dad told him. So when he was younger, his parents, when they got divorced, his mom lived in San Jose, and his dad was still where we lived, and every other weekend— they would basically they would drive halfway point, which is the the fruit stand, and that's where they would do the the switch off. And I guess he heard this story about the fruit stand in along the road, and the story is a girl in jeans and a shirt asked for a ride. Now she will actually go up to a, a truck driver, and, he, and it's usually truck drivers I said, and ask if they could if she could bum a ride, and if it's accepted. The two would walk towards the truck, the driver would walk to the driver's side and get in. And when they looked, they didn't see the passenger and no door opened and they would to get in. So they would get out, the driver would get out, look around and she would be gone. So this one would just be, hey, can I have a ride? Yes, disappear. The pass is also home of other legends, such as a man seen on the side of a road in black robes, believed to be a Franciscan monk, the sound of phantom stagecoach and horses. A woman looking for her child, but when offered help, she disappears. A bride in a wedding dress who jumped from the rocks after the death of her husband. And I think I may have covered this on the podcast, but I can't remember. I think I have, but I just wanted to mention it. So like even as close to home as where we live, there's a phantom hitchhiker. So this this story, I'm telling you, is a granddaddy legend of them all. And that's all my stories right now. It is creepy when you are alone and you're driving down the dark road with like no lights and no reflectors. Because my old hometown was like that. Like you had to drive on this two lane road to get out of town. And you would drive home and it would be just like lonely going. So I can totally imagine if you just suddenly see someone and they're no longer there, it would kind of be a wake up call.
0: Yeah, that would be creepy. You know what would be even creepier though? Phantom drivers,
1: ghost cars, which, not Pick kidding. You up. Oh, that, you know what? I think there's stories about that. I have to look into that. I think there's stories, but... That would
0: be interesting.
1: But I won't say it on air, because I didn't ask her if I could say it, but my mom has a ghost car story. Oh, really? I'll have to look it up and see if there's anyone. That would be interesting stories. But I guess it's uh, your turn now.
0: It is my turn. Since your ghosts were on the ground... Mine's a little bit different Because my ghosts are in the air Mm. 30,000 feet in the air That is
1: There's something on the wing Tell them there's something on the wing
0: Quiet William Shatner (laughs) These are the ghosts Of the infamous Flight 401
1: It sounds familiar And I think I've heard the story before But it's not ringing a bell On what exactly the stories are You know what I mean?
0: Way to contribute to the content, Leslie.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's me. Encyclopedia, (laughs) Leslie.
0: Okay. So, anyways. This, the flight itself, this occurred on December 29th, 1972. Eastern Airlines TriStar Jetliner Flight 401. On a flight from New York to Miami at 11.30 p.m., the captain, who was one Captain Bob Loft, welcomed everyone on the flight to the city of Miami after the travel. At 1142, tragically, flight 401 smashed into the Everglades at 225 miles per hour. So sad. There was a total of 176 people on board that flight, of which 101 passengers. Let me make sure I calculated this out right. Well, anyways... The fatalities included 101 people, including the pilot, Bob Loft, and the flight engineer, Don Repo, with 75 survivors. Loft died in the cockpit not long after the the initial impact. Repo himself survived the crash, but died days later in the hospital. Over the next year and a half, numerous Eastern Airlines employees reported seeing ghosts of both Repo and Loft on other flights.
1: That's weird
0: flight attendant's claim to have seen repo's reflection in an oven door in the galley another attendant on another flight this one also ironically from new york to miami opened a overhead bin to see loft space staring back at her when she closed it no no
1: no no nope, <laughs> an nope, nope,
0: entire nope. an entire eastern cockpit crew saw repo sitting among them on another flight they claimed that the dead man warned them about a fa- about a faulty electrical circuit, which was found and repaired. And even Eastern uh, Eastern Airlines vice Prez- president saw Loft on a plane preparing to take off from JFK. Wow! Now uh, a one Ryan Sprague Sprague Sprague. Hopefully, I'm pronouncing his name right. Who is a host of Somewhere in the Skies podcast and the co host of the co host of the TV series Mysteries Decoded. He believes most of the stories are related to Flight 401 because they seem very simple and innocent in a way that they are not trying to, you know, scare or torment the passengers. They're just kind of there seeming like they're trying to still kind of have some sort of connection to, you know, the flights and the people on them. As you might expect, Eastern Airlines officially dismissed the ghost stories. Then CEO Frank Borman went as far as calling the tales garbage. Now, according to an investigative reporter, John G. Fuller's book, The Ghost of Flight 401, Eastern European, or Eastern European, Eastern Airlines employees who reported the sightings were almost always referred to the company psychiatrist. Wow. Also, interestingly enough, the log books from the flight, from all the flights where the sightings were being reported started to disappear. Which is very interesting in the fact that all Eastern Airlines employees are required by law to make those logbooks for every flight. So the fact that these logbooks are disappearing is like very convenient.
1: For the management, yeah.
0: For the for the management, exactly. Now it eventually emerged that the eastern had reportedly been salvaged parts from the four hundred one crash. Many of those parts were had been fitted onto other aircraft, had been fitted onto another aircraft, flight three eighteen, which was another well, basically it's a, the same type of plane that the uh, that the flight four hundred one was, L one zero one one flight. I think it was called a Whisperer or something like that. So it's just another plane of that type in Eastern's fleet. Coincidentally or not, most of the ghost sightings occurred on which flight?
1: The one that you just said.
0: Yes. 318 this type of phenomenon which is also which is theorized that the souls of the departed pilot and co-pilot imprinted on the ship at the or the plane itself and the parts when so they were outfitted onto other planes this this the phenomenon a soul retaining a relationship with an inanimate object is known as psychometry hmm. so it's basically thought that you know these pieces of this plane that the spirits imprinted on are now in other flights, which means the spirits are wandering around on other flights.
1: Still creepy that how many people have seen, I mean, I, you know, imprint or not, it is still creepy that how many people have seen people, and not just about flights, but how they've seen someone who's passed doing the same job, but maybe on a different flight. Or um, there's famous stories about like the war where. People see soldiers who are back at the base. I just watched something. I can't remember if it was Unsolved Mysteries or if it was. No, I think it was that Paranormal 911. I won't tell the story since you're watching the series. But there's one about a military base, which was really good. I,
0: I saw it. it. was the the, kid, the Major.
1: Yes. So, like, major, I mean.
0: Major, major Andrews or whatever his name yeah, was. Like, it was like he died back in, like, the 70s or something like that.
1: Well, no, it was supposed to take place in the '70s, and he died in Vietnam. Like he was overseas when he died, oh, yeah. so. But it, right. Right. it was really interesting. So maybe even if it's not the parts, maybe it is just they are so attached to what they did in life, with what they did and what they were accomplishing that they want to stick with it. Oh man. Okay, so keep going.
0: Well, that's pretty much everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm done. But, so that was the ghosts of Flight 401.
1: Man, that's so creepy to think about. Well, I hope, uh, I don't, I think this will come out on Thanksgiving, or around Thanksgiving for everyone in the U.S., but for everyone else, if you're listening to this while you're traveling, stay safe out there, but I guess, uh, I guess we better take this home. Should we do our legendary listener shout-out?
0: Yes, let's do the legendary listeners.
1: Okay, so I, I um, tonight I'm actually recording in my studio uh, or my office, and I because I had to move my office again um, to upstairs, so hopefully the sound quality is a little bit better. And I'm hoping to put up we had this big uh, map, uh, one of the world and one of the US, where we were marking all of our sh- shout outs. I'm starting to forget who we shout out to, so tonight I am going to shout out to our legendary listeners in Malaysia because I got some downloads from them, but I think feel like I've already shouted them out so if I did cool you guys get our first double shout out if not that,
0: that we know of that we know
1: of I, I'm gonna have to really set up my studio and put up the map so that way I can mark it up but hey if you are in a country that uh, again my statistics doesn't tell us like cities in a lot of other countries and you want us to give a shout out for your city even in the U.S. Let us know, and I would love to give a shout out to some legendary listeners who just want to say hi.
0: Hello.
1: Hello. Okay, well, take us home, Jay.
0: You can all all help us find Curly's gold.
1: Uh, That's our gold.
0: Well, I didn't say they could have it. They could help us find it, though. (laughs) They They get recognition.
1: All right, take us home, Jay.
0: This has been another exciting and successful episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay.
1: And I'm Leslie
0: purveyors of the paranormal and your curators of the creepy stay safe
1: and good Good night. night